This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Thursday, October the 13th, 2016. Well, hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour on a Thursday October 13th. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Homer Lopez. This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you Monday through Friday. What do we do? The physical delivery of gold. It's as easy as giving us a call at 1-800-951-0592. Today, the lovely Sarah is here to take your phone calls, answer your questions, walk you through your order. Or you can go check us out online on the World Wide Web at allamericangold.com. Not only can you order online... But you can take a look at the news to disturb the comfortable, where we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. And all of this is brought to you by the CEO and owner. His name's Joe Jaquin. He's the man who invests the time, who gets here before all of us, at least on the West Coast, wake up to do the research that happened overnight, because you just never know what's going to happen while you're sleeping. Joe, how are you on a Thursday? Hey, did anything happen while we were sleeping? A lot of things happened while we were sleeping. Matter of fact, uh, huge economic data out of China last night. Uh, not good. Got the, the Dow down uh, triple digits again, uh, actually below 18,000. Uh, pay no attention to the horrible earning season as well. Uh, but we got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, welcome back to Colorado. Uh, don't forget. Go out to our website at allamericangold.com and sign up to follow us on SoundCloud for the podcast. That way, if for whatever reason, wherever you normally, whatever station you normally pick us up on, if that station is closed or there's uh, technical difficulties, a lot of times, you know, you could have uh, incumbent weather that takes, takes the station down, especially in Colorado with the huge snowfalls and things like that. Uh, make sure you do that, and then they'll just send you an email and let you know, hey, the podcast got put up, and you can go out and listen, uh, and that way you're you're up to date. You, don't you never have to miss a show. You, you have never to. have to miss a show. It's always there. It's like the old cassette tapes. You recorded it. You play it when you want, but this is different. It's online. You push play. It's that easy. So if you go out to allamericagold.com, you hit the follow us button, you fill out what they need, and uh, there you go. Uh, don't forget uh, the medals plan. I'm going to keep doing it. This is a plan you want to be a part of. You don't have a reason not to do it. You can do it for as little as a hundred bucks a month. You get four physical shipments every year. You get to buy like you're a big time hitter, and uh, really that's what makes it exciting and fun. If you want more details on that, again, that's out at our website as well. Uh, the medals program button. Just click it. You can read all about it. Ramon's got great stuff up there today. You know, some days are, you know, I always say some days the shows are better than others. Some days the website is better than others. And today it's a really good one. A lot of great uh, articles to keep you thoroughly educated. You, you know what? That You saying that has a smile on my face because the very first article is Wells Fargo 
The CEO resigned. The CEO resigned. No. Shut up. I'm just telling you, that's I, pro- I put a little smile on my face when I saw that. I'd like to resign the way he's resigning. Oh, yeah. But don't get me wrong. I mean, <laughs> the pressure has been immense on him. You, you've ripped off millions of Americans. What do you What do you win? Uh, I'm going to retire and get, what was it, $134, $143 million? The company got fined 185 yet he gets to walk home. The company got fined $185 million. He, he got to walk was, home with 130 He thought it was a matching program. Apparently. Like he thought it was a matching program, like, you know, your your 401K. He thought and it was a matching. You know, you know what? And if you haven't seen a picture of this guy, if there's just a funny thing about how he looks like Judge Smales from from Caddyshack <laughs> and he has that 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 judge look that 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 um I don't know that country club Spalding I'm just telling where, where you Well we're waiting <laughs> you know well we wait no longer he had to resign nice knowing you uh jobless claims uh, claims were out today uh, 240 something thousand back at those lows uh, that we've been seeing now for an extended period. Of course, this isn't this isn't our parents' job market. It's not even our job market. The job market we grew up on. Uh, this new millennial job market, boy, is it tough out there. Everybody's a part-time worker or a contractor, and essentially no one. Uh, you really don't get to file let for me, unemployment let, let me tell you one thing. If you went to the Arizona Republic Help Wanted ad, you know what you're going to see. Um, we need drivers for semi-trucks. You're going to see that. We need uh, telemarketers, not necessarily telemarketers, but customer service agents for all the online colleges. Okay, All of these jobs that are out there are limited, few, and require very little. Verizon plans to close call centers, speaking of telephone jobs, in five states including its home state of New York, where the impending loss of hundreds of jobs has prompted the government, the governor's office to label the company's move as corporate abuse. Corporate abuse? <laughs> That's right. How dare you lay people off? The company said Thursday a consolidation of its call centers will impact 3,200 employees near Rochester and New York City, Bangor, Maine, Lincoln, Nebraska, Wellingford and Marin, Connecticut, and Rancho Cordova, California. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You know what all of those states have in common? It's really expensive to live in those states. Uh, Patriot Radio News Hour, we got a great show for you. What are the banks up to? That's next. Double J in the love, Patriot, Patriot Radio News Hour. I want to thank all of you so much uh, for listening to us and tolerating us and welcoming us into your homes, your living rooms, your, well, wherever you may, your office, your cubicle, your car. i got to be honest with you. I'm still laughing about the Judge Smales. I, I, that picture I just showed you, he looked he exactly really that like a, really did. a privileged country club guy. You'll get nothing and like it. The, you know, things move so quickly. And you really, you really got to do a lot of research. Otherwise, you, you know, you, and you know what? doesn't matter how much I do. You can't get it all. 
right? You, you miss things all the time. But here's one that I found very, very interesting. I think all of you are too, because I've been I've been on this now. And I, mean, I keep telling you, keep trying. Now I know I warn you, obviously, but I also try to educate you. In other words, I don't just say, "Hey, they're after your money," and then I don't give you any uh, reason to believe that, and I don't back it up with facts. Right? I try to I, I I warn you of what the problem is going to be. And then I tell you how it's going to happen as I learn it. Today I learned something new. And these, I say it all the time, these, they're so good. They are so smart. This was out of the Wall Street Journal. And I know that's going to make, because you know those, the doubters out there, the people that get upset with me when I tell you these things. Uh, the people that love to deny what the real facts are in the Wall Street Journal, I know that's some, you know, third-rate publication. Big U.S. banks plan to bail themselves out is the headline. What are they going to do, print money? Regulators want to prevent taxpayers from having to ever again bail out big banks. And, of course, remember, the solution to too big to fail was the Dodd-Frank legislation, which essentially put thousands of more banks out of business via regulation. In other words, they weren't too big. Nope, they were just too little to actually be in existence anymore. Believe it or not, in the United States today, If you want to be a systematically unimportant bank, in other words, hey, you could go under and nobody would, it wouldn't cause any heartache or damage to anybody, we don't want you around. That's really what happened. But the latest idea, make the banks bail themselves out. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? Right? Think about this. Grand idea. Wait a minute. You're going under. I know. Bail yourself out. Obviously, if that was possible, they wouldn't go under. Who is it that's actually going to pay for the bailing out? Previously, banks had struggled to persuade to persuade regulators. They, that they actually had a plan. They were called living wills, right? These were the stress test results, and, and these uh, systemically important banks have to submit this, uh, I guess, this bankruptcy plan to the regulators and say, okay, if we go under, this is what we're going to do, and this is why it won't cause the whole world to go into chaos. Obviously, anything that, any institution that large, you would probably say, hey, why don't we just break you up into smaller pieces, and then that way uh, we we don't have to worry about chaos. But that's too much. That makes too much sense. Yeah, too much sense. Too much sense. That would allow them to be dismantled and shut down if they got into trouble without the taxpayers taking a hit. 
Who takes the hit now is the depositors. Simple. I mean, because that's really what the bail-in is going to be. The unsecured creditors are going to take a hit. Now, banks are creating new structures. Don't you love that? It's just a new structure. like a bridge. You know, maybe it's a road. Maybe it's a, a, a building. What kind of structure are they creating? Right? They're creating these new structures that would allow their most important parts to keep functioning, even if the parent company had to file for bankruptcy. Right? In other words, J.P. Morgan, hey, our bank went under, but we're going to be able to keep our trading arm open, or we're going to be able to keep this arm open or that arm open. The aim is to avoid the to avoid the kind of market chaos that could cause economic harm. Again, the answer is very, very simple. Break them up. Instead, let's develop more complicated structures. To this end, there is a small structural change in the public portions of living wills released last week by the biggest U.S. banks. It's just a small one. Don't worry. Just a small little change. This involved the creation of a holding company to sit between the shareholder-owned parent companies and its subsidiaries. The new companies will house resources meant to support banking and brokerage units in a time of crisis. J.P. Morgan Chase said it had created the new entity to fill this role, while Bank of America says it's using an existing subsidiary for its plan. And, of course, Citigroup said it has a similar plan. The new entities will be the sort of emergency backup bank within the bank, a vehicle for internal bailouts. We're going to have a backup to the backup to the backup. The Federal Reserve and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp, the FDIC, now remember, way back in the day, after they had shut the nation's banks, they decided that they needed to come up with a new scheme to get people to put their money into these institutions. And they came up with the FDIC. Right? And they loved to say, oh, your, your deposits are insured for up to $250,000. Now, that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Sounds really good to me, right? It gives me comfort. Well, at least it used to, until I found out the FDIC doesn't have nearly enough money to do what they claim to be able to do. Now, they used to, because no banks were ever that big. Right, if Valley National Bank, remember that bank? Valley National Bank went under, the FDIC had enough money. 
Of course, Valley National Bank got bought out by Bank One, which got out by, by what, I don't know, is it Chase or City or something? I mean, now there are these huge banks that have hundreds and hundreds, trillions of dollars worth of deposits. The FDC, FDIC only has a couple tens of billions of dollars, like 25, 30 billion bucks. That's it. So obviously, they can't do what they promised, but that's a different show. I want to tell you what they, they did. They said that they pushed the banks to pursue the new type of holding company in April's guidance. According to people familiar with the matter, the suggestion came from an eight-worded phrase. Eight words in a 23-page memo that received little attention from anyone outside of the banks themselves. The Federal Reserve and the FDIC have declined to comment. So now we have, again, eight words. What could possibly these eight words possibly be that would force these banks into... Now, of course, would you have the fox who's guarding the hen house come up with a plan to keep the fox out? Of course not. Right? No. Would you have the fox be the one who comes up with the plan to keep him out of the hen house. But this is exactly how our banking system, or you know what? We know that you screwed up and, you're in, and you basically caused the whole world to go into this recession. But now we want you to come up with a new plan that will prevent you from doing it again. The change could cause unease amongst regulators out of the United States, it could potentially lead banks to keep less capital as an overseas subsidiaries, and it would likely they would support all of their global operations in times of trouble. It says the upshot could be a push by non-U.S. regulators to require banks to provide additional support for local subsidiaries. In other words, global banking. Hey, you know what? We want to create this, so then you guys will create a law that essentially mimics what our law is, and therefore, ergo, will somehow hopefully get the banks to have enough money. The best and most transparent way to deal with this would be an international agreement amongst regulators. The best and most transparent way to deal with the too-big-to-fail banks will be an international agreement amongst regulators. Again, this is just another one when you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. By the way, in this whole article, what I had said to you still stands. In other words, they're going to keep 
certain monies for other parts of the bank, just not the actual part you care about, which is where your money is. <laughs> right? They don't care about that part. That part's going to go under. We're going to keep the other parts open. I just don't think you can sit rest assured that your money's ever safe in a bank. I mean, really, when you think about it, I mean, look at all these hurdles they're making these banks go to and go through just to try to create the illusion of safety. And it bodes the question, how bad is it really? Because we don't know, right? We don't know what's in these derivatives and all of the debt that's on these balance sheets and how bad it really is. And I have no idea how bad the situation is in China. I don't know. How bad is it in Japan? I don't know. How unpayable is all of this? I don't know. All I know is what I see here. And what I see here is it's the kiss of death. Because the only way all of this debt works is if there's growth. If you don't have growth and you don't have devaluation of the money, it becomes unpayable. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm going to give you an example of that next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Eagle Forum dedicated to keeping you informed and helping win the battle against forces that mock traditional values and would redefine the family. Now, from the Eagle Forum studios, here's Ryan Haidt. With only a few months left in the White House, Obama is still hard at work fundamentally transforming our country into something much different than the nation we all grew up in. Here are some recent examples of how he is determined to undermine our common culture and language. August's catastrophic flooding in Louisiana is said to be America's worst natural disaster not caused by an earthquake or a hurricane. While Obama continued playing golf on the exclusive island of Martha's Vineyard, his federal bureaucrats were making sure that the crisis wouldn't go to waste. On August 16th, five federal agencies issued an incredible 16-page, single-spaced guidance, warning relief agencies not to discriminate in the use of disaster funds. Agencies receiving funds must, quote, post a statement of non-discrimination on all public notices and should also identify a point of contact for the public to submit complaints of discrimination. The guidance refers to unlawful discrimination on the basis of race, color, or national origin, which is prohibited by the 1964 Civil Rights Act, but it doesn't stop there. It also tries to ban discrimination on account of limited English proficiency, or LEP, which Congress has never prohibited. The sneaky part is the way the federal guidance includes the phrase limited English proficiency, as if the language you speak is part of your national origin. In fact, people from every country can and do learn English, and there is no good reason for our government to conduct official business in any other language. The guidance goes on at great length to require agencies to serve LEP persons and LEP populations in their own languages. Agencies are told to provide translated materials, translation services, and even monolingual communication in the LEP person's language. As Theodore Roosevelt said a century ago, we cannot tolerate any attempt to oppose or supplant the language and culture that has come down to us from the builders of this republic. Tune in tomorrow to hear more about where this multilingual idea started.
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Would you like to see a United America speaking one language? Should English be designated our only official language? Write Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002 and ask for free information on English language. That's Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002. Or on the web, go to eagleforum.org. And join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Pedro Radio News Hour. Our toll free number eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. It it really is a freight train speeding down the tracks. And you know when you envision that, you know, right? For a lot of people, speeding down the tracks means it, it's going to happen today or tomorrow. You know, next week. Speeding down the tracks of global finance takes years. But look how quickly it's really moving now. Right? China's now in the the currency baskets. It's a world's reserve currency now. It's in the SDRs. We're fought, we found out apparently eight words, and they didn't even say what the eight words were. Eight words in a 23-page memo apparently meant, okay, everybody unite. We need to create a, 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 a shell company, a subsidiary, where you can hide all your non-bank assets in case you go under. And we need to get it to be an international thing, kind of like the World Wide Web, right? We gave that control away, right? That is now a global control. I don't even know exactly who controls it. But this is what is happening. They're setting it up. And, of course, it bodes the question. Because I think, obviously, obviously, all of them know, know we should just break them all up. right? Just make them smaller and it won't be a problem. But, see... That was the problem. Because here's what they know, and they just don't want you to know. If they actually had broken them up, okay, so they, if they actually broke them up, then they would have to actually be what? Looked at. They'd start looking at the low. They'd start looking at the balance sheet. They'd start looking at the derivative. And they'd be like, hey, wait a minute. You priced this derivative at full value, right? That's nothing but empty plants and parking lots. That's not worth anything, right? I don't want that in my bag. You give it to a different one. Frankly, you give it to that one over there. I mean, obviously, that's why they didn't do that. And instead, they're trying to regulate through. And, of course, ultimately, at the end of the day, here's the one thing that is very apparent to me. The depositor gets it in the shorts. That's the one thing so far. And I haven't seen a single piece of legislation yet that that doesn't have that happening. I have yet to see anything where I see protection for the depositor outside of their standard, oh, the FDIC, 
who doesn't have any money. Speaking of no money and how bad is it, this was a great, this is a great little story that I think really relates and brings home what I've been telling you about the pension and how broke they are, what I'm telling you is coming for you personally with your 401Ks, your IRAs, uh, your, your money in your bank. The tiny little town of Loyalton, California, it's got a population of just 700 people. A failure of city council members to understand the difference between the calculation of regular everyday pension liabilities and a termination liability has left the four residents at risk of losing their pensions from CalPERS. Okay, so now it's a town of 700. They had four people in that town that qualified to get a pension from the state of California. According to the New York Times, the town had decided to drop out of CalPERS back in 2012 in order to save money because based on what Kelper said was the calculation for the everyday pension liabilities they did the math well Kelper says that you know they anticipate a 7.5% return and blah 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 we should actually be able to end this and save some money But unfortunately for the city council, what they got instead was a bill for $1.6 million, more than the entire annual budget for the entire town. This is, now, I want to put this in perspective for you. We're talking about four people. How could they possibly owe $1.6 million for four people? Think about how, I mean, really, did these four people, could they even possibly put $1.6 million into their pension? I mean, what did they get put in their whole salaries in there? $1.6 $1.6 million? I don't even know I mean, how many years of work would that be if you gave every dollar? Those who aren't familiar with pension accounting, <laughs> we can shed some light on that issue. There are two different ways to calculate. See? This is like any good government institution. There's always two sets of books. One is to calculate the present value of the liability. One method applies to, and I'm using quotations here, solvent, fully functioning pension funds, which is what they like to use. 
The New York Times refers to this as Ponzi methodology. The other applies to pensions that are being terminated. And they refer to this one as reality. Okay, so we've got our fake number up here. Well, and you know the word that goes with Ponzi is scheme. Yeah, right? Scheme. We've, got, we've got our fake number, our Ponzi number over here. This is what we say to make everybody feel better. But then if you actually try to get out of the plan, well then, throw that Ponzi number out the window. Let's give you what the real number is. And that's exactly what's happening to this little town in California. We'll finish with that next. So here's what's really going on. This little town in California took the numbers that CalPERS provided that said, hey, we're, we're solvent, and said, you know what? We, we're going to opt out now. We're going to we're going to take our employees out of that system and we'll deal with it ourselves. Kelper sends them a bill for $1.6 million for the whopping four people that, I mean, how much could they possibly be paying into that system? You know, even in a little town in California, what did it? 5000 a year, 6000 a year, maybe. And they sent them the bill for $1.6 million because here's what happened. The managers of the pension fund aren't actually dumb enough to believe the Ponzi methodology numbers they actually put out. That accurately reflects the, the true value of the future liabilities. Because of that, this new termination liability, or what we've referred to as the reality, uses a discount rate closer to or even below the risk-free rates which means the present value of future liabilities is much, much higher. Essentially, it says, hey, we're insolvent. This is just a town of 700 people. You're probably never going to hear this anywhere else. But they thought, as a city council, they got together. I bet you one of them probably... Uh, could have been an accountant of some sort. And they did math. They took, Kelper sends them their little thing, right? Kind of like you get your little statement for your IRA. And they did the math and said, man, we can save some money here. By having our city employees leave Kelpers. In other words, we'll put them on a payroll and they, we won't be part of that system anymore and blah, blah, and we'll save some money. Kelpers turned around and said, well, those numbers you use, those are just fake ones. <laughs> those aren't the real numbers. When we use the real numbers, yeah, you owe us $1.6 million. And now you start thinking, just imagine if it was Los Angeles. 
San Diego, San Francisco, San Jose, Oakland. What would they owe if a town of 700 people that only had four individuals in the CalPERS system owes $1.6 million? And what does that mean? What does that really equal? $400,000 a piece. So you think about all the citizenry of California. <laughs> For every person in CalPERS, they owe about $400,000 a piece just to get the pension back to solvent. I believe the population in Los Angeles alone is $13 million. <laughs> Right? No, not all thirteen million are in Kelpers. Well, but no, I understand. I'm just throwing a number out there. If you you were modeling it, <laughs> I mean, it really it defies the logic. But that, now you kind of understand why it is that they're playing all of these games when it comes to these banks, when it comes to these pension funds. I keep trying to tell you. You know, it's impossible, don't you? You do understand that. These rates of zero or point two five, and oh, we, we may go a half a point. Listen, it's not possible. All of those annuities, all of those, and I know you know what. And people, you know what the funny thing is, is people think I'm the liar, right? They think I'm telling the story. The actuality is, is these these salesmen out there that that sell you these policies and try to convince you to invest your money with them, they're the ones that are telling the story. Right? We did the article, what was it, a few weeks ago, where all these people that bought annuities 10, 15, 20 years ago got what? Got a big bill in the mail saying, hey, you need to pay us. I know we said we guaranteed it, but the Fed lowered the rates to zero, and that's not our fault. And it says right here in the fine print that we can charge you more money, and we're going to. And this is really the problem with all of it. There's always what I call the fine print. This is the great thing about gold. It's the great thing about silver. There is no fine print. Once you've bought it, you put it away where only you know where it's at, and you're done. And now we're, we're just starting to, and we're watching this. It truly is amazing. And I know I'm not doing it justice. Right? And I, and I know that. But I hope you're able to take and really think about what it is that we talked about today. The Federal Reserve and the FDIC essentially are calling for an international global regulation of the financial institutions. That's where we're going. Create a shell company is what they told them to do. You know what this shell company is going to do? You keep money in there, and that way when you go under and we devastate the depositors, you can still stay in business with your other units. Instead of using that money, I don't know, to make depositors whole. I'm just saying. Just a thought. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up.
Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. By the way, the four people in this little town in California, one of them was the accountant. <laughs> she did the books for the city for 29 years. You know, so I asked, kind of like, well, what could they possibly be getting? How much? You know, she's retired now. You know what her pension is? It's $48,000 a year. And Kelper said, hey, by the way, we need $1.6 million because the city doesn't want to have any other city workers qualify for a pension, right? They want to go, hey, we'll do a 401K or something like that for them. Kelper said if they don't get the money, the 48000 which is the Ponzi scheme number, will be reduced to 19000 which is the real number. And they're doing this to every person that's in Kelpers. Every person. I mean, think about that. That's saying that your pension fund is really 60% underfunded. 60. How quick until they're out of money? Right? You don't know it's a Ponzi scheme until they're out. How quickly is this going to happen? And really, and I use that as an example, but, you know, we talk about Chicago. We had the teacher strike that barely got averted, right? And all they did is, is what? They just took the money from one bucket into another bucket to pretend. They just did it with Social Security, right? Social Security disability went bankrupt last year. They just moved some of it from one bucket to another to pretend. How long, in, uh, you know, you only can pretend for so long, right? And we're starting to see all of these things start to slip. I mean, the financial crisis, that was just the, uh, uh, the first shock, right? That's not the big shock. Those are still coming. And this is why, like I said, they're, they're changing all the laws. They're changing all the regulations. They're having all of these financial institutions do a whole lot of maneuvering. They, they eliminated thousands of banks. They're going to eliminate hundreds or thousands of companies that were re, uh, providing 401 and IRA type of uh, accounts, consolidating all of that, calling, you know, because they're ripping you off, right? Remember, that was the reason. And then they're getting ready to have it be something, what, some global digital where they have access to everything. Because here's the real simple reason. They don't have any money. I mean, they got a printing press, but we've seen so far what, the printing press doesn't seem to be working anymore, does it? Doesn't matter how much money they seem to create, all they do with the money is what? they got to buy debt with it because nobody's there to buy it all. you got central banks. We're buying trillions of dollars a year of debt. And we've got nothing to show for it. Patriot Radio News Hour. Call and get your financial secured today. Call us, 800-951-0592. 
Everybody have the great rest of your Wednesday and we'll, or Thursday, and we'll talk again on Friday.